Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now here's a message from one of our special guests. Come on, turn to somebody say, I like Pastor Andrew already and have a seat. Come on, church. It's going to be a great day. Amen. Well, I love your pastors. Haven't you got the best pastors in the whole world? I think so. Dan and Jessica are just sensational people. And, um, you know, Janine and I are just really so blessed to be their friends. And um, it was great for uh, Janine to come and to visit The Rock. A lot of people don't believe that I have a wife uh, when you're traveling the world by yourself. But there she was in flesh and blood, and she really, really, really enjoyed it. So thank you for looking after her. Um, When I uh, met Janine, the truth is that I um, really liked her straight away. She took a little bit of convincing, but I've got tricks. And uh, and so um, after meeting her for about... 14 days, um, we decided that we were going to get married. Uh, uh, Three months after that, we were engaged, and three months after that, we were married. Uh, When the minister said, will you take Janine Marie? I went, Marie? Because I didn't even know her middle name. I I married her for her legs. And um, it's true, because the Bible says it's better to marry than to burn with passion. And uh, she's beautiful, so I thought I'd better get on to that quickly Um, (laughs) but we've got two beautiful boys Samuel who's uh, uh, 17 turning 18 and um, a great young man who loves God um, is age group champion uh, for swimming age group champion for athletics he won the 100 200 400 800 1500 all in the same day shut the gate Good, good genes, that's what I say. <laughs> good genes. And uh, so he's age group champion for his school, for his region, and for his state. And uh, so he's a, he's, he's a sporting guy. And um, Jonathan, uh, who is my 14-year-old, uh, loves God. He told me, he said, Dad, I've got a really big problem at school. I said, what's that? He said, I'm so popular. And I said, well, what does that mean? He says, Dad, I've got four girls who want to be my girlfriend. And I said, okay. I said, what, is, what does that mean? And uh, what, is a, what do you do when you have a girlfriend? He says, oh, I don't even know, nothing. And I said, that's the right answer, son. And uh, <laughs> until you're 30, that's exactly what you should be doing. Uh, absolutely nothing. Um, but we are blessed. And thank you for opening uh, this beautiful church today. We're, we're, I'm believing for signs and wonders and for miracles. You know, if God did it for me, he can do it for you. And that's the honest truth of it. He is a good God. He is kind. He's generous. His heart is open. It's full. And uh, come on, let's give God a big, big clap and thank him for everything he's done. Tonight, we're having a, a special healing service where we can take time, more time to pray for people. I want you to bring a friend. I want you to bring a family member. I want you to bring somebody you know who needs a miracle, needs to find Christ, and, and, and take the opportunity to, to do it. Because you know what? There are seasons in God, and I know that your pastors have been praying and believing God, and, 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 and even, even the invitation to invite a healing evangelist to the church is pretty actually unique. Uh, you probably 
think it's not unique, but it is unique. And lots of different churches wouldn't do that. But your pastors want you to win. They want you to be blessed. And they know that your tomorrow can change. That even though the doctors have said this is your forever, it's not true. By his stripes, we are healed. And I, I want you to come and stretch. And I, 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 Survivor, you can tape Survivor or whatever TV show you're thinking of uh, and watch it on the rerun. But I want to talk to you about the in-between. You see, uh, how we live in the in-between is really, really important. Many of us uh, have moments of the in-between, uh, not just to do with healing, uh, but healing is a, a pretty big moment, but maybe even it's to do with selling your house. You know, when you put your house on the market, who knows there's a little waiting period before it goes through for the sale. Maybe uh, it's to do with um, you finding a wife or a husband or whatever it may be, but there is a gap. Uh, for me, in my life, when I had leukemia, the age of 13 to 18 years old, uh, there's, there's a, a period of time where I had to go through a whole a bunch of things. Obviously, lots of treatment. I had radiotherapy, chemotherapy, I had a bone marrow transplant. But at the age of 15, in the in-between, I met Jesus. And that must be one of the most defining moments of my life because I remember the prayer. I remember the place where I was. I was a small little youth group of 30 people. I went because there was a pretty girl that I quite liked. Who knows that's a good reason to go to church. And um, maybe you're sitting beside a pretty girl right now. Amen. Um, and so that was the reason I went. But God came and touched my life. The pastor said, Andrew, do you want to become a Christian? Uh, and I said, not really. He said, why not? And I said, because I go to church every day, every, every Sunday, because I was a Catholic. And he said, just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. And I was like, what are you even talking about? And he said, just because you go to McDonald's every day doesn't make you a hamburger. Just because you attend a place doesn't make you a Christian. I didn't agree with that. Because I always thought, you know what, if you, if you, went, to, if you went to Mass, we were told you were in. But who knows, there's a little bit more to it than that. A relationship with God is actually the key. And he began to talk to me about having a relationship with Jesus. In front of all my friends, I prayed a prayer saying, Jesus, I'm asking you into my life as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I give you total control. Forgive me for any wrongs, for any sin. You know, prayer is powerful, friends. And I think that we underestimate the power of prayer. The one minute you're not going to heaven and now you are. The one minute you're in a wheelchair and a prayer. Come on, somebody. A prayer. And now you're walking, shut the gate. One minute you're dying of cancer, and now a prayer later, you're healed. How, how powerful is prayer? If, if I was God and I was working out how to be saved, it wouldn't be a prayer. There's no way. It's just way too easy. I mean, I would like make you give a million dollars to charity or to the church or at least pray a thousand hours or do something. But to, to pray to a prayer, that's power. And that has never changed. And as a church, sometimes we've, we've underutilized like God's secret weapon of prayer. When I was 18 years old, the doctors told me I was terminal. My parents told me I was terminal. My Catholic priest, by my parents' request, had come into my hospital room and gave me my last rites, preparing me for burial. Who knows, that's a bad day. That's a flat-out bad day. But then four hours later, these 
happy youth pastors walked into my room holding a big Bible, smiling, saying, Andrew, we believe in a different report. We believe that God can heal you. I thank God for their prayers. I thank God for their faith that something shifted when they began to pray for me. It's the in-between, you see. In Acts 1.8 and verse 4, let me just share this with you quickly and then we're going to pray for some people. It says, one time when Jesus was eating with them, he told them not to to leave Jerusalem, he said, but wait here until you receive what the Father promised to send. Remember, I told you about it before. He's just reminding the disciples. John baptized with water. In a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the apostles were all together. And they asked the Lord, is this the time you're going to give the people of, of Israel their kingdom again? And Jesus said to them, the Father is the only one who has the authority to decide dates and times. How annoying is that? Because uh, we, we, all want, we all want it now, don't we, friends? We all want the answers all now. But he says, no, 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 no. It's, it's the Father's business. For they are not for you to know. But, by the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit will come on you with power. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth, including this region, this great city, this great nation, Australia, New Zealand, and all the ends of the earth. And you will receive power. And it's an amazing thing because when he was talking to these first disciples, there were, there were 500 people in the, in the audience. There was like a move of God a great, with these great men of God. But when the Holy Spirit fell, there was only 120 people in the room. Who knows that would be a bad day? To miss out on the Holy Spirit falling. I mean, in, in biblical, you know, uh, times and, and, and timelines, this is one of the greatest moments, you know, on the planet. And to miss it, <laughs> you'd just be kicking yourself, wouldn't you? Because they, they couldn't understand, they couldn't live in the in-between. God said to them, just wait a little bit. Just wait, the miracle is just around the corner. And you see, sometimes the miracle is just around the corner, but we need to learn and to live in the balance of the weight because God has got something special for you. For me, the most frustrating thing and one of the questions I'm going to ask God is, why did you have to wait five years? Why couldn't have you brought the healing evangelist after one year, after maybe two years? Three, I go three, I'll give you three, four. Well, that's annoying. Four is annoying, but five, five years of chemotherapy and radiotherapy and all these kinds of things. And why would God make me do these things? Well, maybe, maybe there, there's a, an answer in all of this. In James 1 and verse 2, it says, Brothers and sisters, you have heard many kinds, you, uh, you may have many kinds of trouble. How annoying is that? I don't want any trouble. But this, but this gives you the reason to be happy. For you know that when your faith is tested, you learn to be patient in suffering. And if you let that patient, patience work in you, the end result will be, come on church, good. How annoying is that? You'll be mature and complete. Well, that's kind of good. And, you, and uh, you will be all that God wants you to be. And I love that. You see, if you are in the between, you're going to need patience. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit. 
One of the things that God wants to wrestle with us is that in your testing times, in your hard times, when, when you feel like God has been silent, that you would be able to be patient with God. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. I wish it wasn't there. I hate being patient. Patience is not my forte. <laughs> even now, even though I've had to go through all of those things, I still get annoyed about being patient. When you go to Aldi, to the supermarket, to do your shopping, does anybody know what I'm talking about? You fill up your basket. Me and Janine go on dates to do the supermarket. That's why she says, come on, baby, let's go do the shopping together. And I, and I, I don't really want to do it. Um, but the only reason I do do it is because I buy things that I like and they go in the trolley, you know what I mean? It's more of an expensive shop, which annoys Janine as well. But we, my trolley is full and, and I say to Janine, you just get the bread and the milk and I'm going to go and line up to beat the queue, you know what I mean? And then when I line up, there's like five or six people, you know, like tellers all lined up and I'm counting. How many people are ahead of me? One, two, three, four, one, two, three, three, one, two, three. And then I'm gauging how many, how full their baskets are to see. And then, I'm in. And I'm like, just don't touch me. I'm in. Am I talking to somebody? Come on, somebody. You know what I'm... And then a person with just one loaf of bread and one bottle of milk stands behind me and I pretend they're not there. I'm saying they're not, they're not there. They're not there. They're not there. And I can feel the Lord telling me, Andrew, let them go before you. And I say, Satan, get behind me. Come on, somebody, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Patience is not my virtue, but I'm gracious. And I say, come on, let, come on through. And they said, are you sure? And I go, not really. But come on anyway. It'll be just fine. God wants to do something awesome in us. The miracle's just around the corner, friend. If you could just hold on just a little bit longer. Who knew that in 2020, your pastors would be praying and fasting, believing for a miracle, for a move of God in a church, your church, believing that maybe they could ask a, an evangelist to come that would stir faith again in us and believe that God could do something. Friend, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. And maybe it took five years, but maybe God needed to work something inside of me that so that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I don't think that God's going to heal people. I know he's going to heal people because God healed me. And there's a different kind of faith, a cheekiness, a belief inside of me. And maybe God had to journey that kind of moment through me. It was only moments ago I felt like I was walking along the beach. And words came out of my mouth, out of my prayer language that I never had ever prayed before. And I said, God, thank you for allowing me to have leukemia. And I stopped myself and I said, oh, oh, I'm not sure if I meant that. And then I said, no, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for putting something inside of me that, 
that has, 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 has solidified that God is real and He's big, and that changes everything. That, that God created the heavens and the earth with one word. He spoke into creation, and with one word, He can touch your life and He can change it forever. He can heal you. He can, he can speak to you, and you can go to China or wherever it is in the world. And one moment in the presence of God can change your life forever. You know, you need encouragement. It says here in Hebrews 10, it says, We must hold on to the hope. We have never hesitating to tell people about it. We can trust God to do what He's promised. We should think about each other to see how we should encourage each other and show them love and good works. One, one chapter says to spur somebody on with the things of God. I thank God that I had great people around my in-between. You see, that's why the Rock Church is so powerful. Because don't come to church just in your, in your best days. Come to church in your worst day. Come to church when you're feeling sick, sad, and depressed. Because somebody on the altar will lift your hands and pray for you. Somebody will stand beside you and weep with you. Somebody will encourage you. Somebody will say a word of faith. Somebody's going to speak into that situation and lift you up. It says, if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you shall fear no evil. I'm telling you, when you're in, the, in between, God doesn't want you to have fear or worry or anxiety. He wants you to know that God loves you and He's going to look after you. I remember when I was just this little kid, 16, 17 years old, maybe my first ever youth camp. And by the way, every parent should get their young person to a youth camp. Because it's not about the big slide, it's about an encounter from God. It's about a burning bush moment where your son and your daughter will hear from God and, and their lives will never be the same again. You, it's not like, and I, I'm on a tangent now, but it's not like can you afford to go. It's you cannot not afford to take your son to that camp because their life will be changed forever. I wanted to go to a youth camp because the pretty girl was at the youth camp. And my parents said I couldn't go because they had no neutrophils, no platelets. Uh, I, I was very, very sick. And my youth pastors came to my house and had a meeting with my parents. And I'll never forget what they said. They said, we want your son to come to youth camp. And they said, we have decided that Andrew will sleep by himself in his own cabin. And we are going to get alcohol and sterilize the whole cabin, wipe down the cabin from the roof to the, to the floor so that there's no germs in the cabin. We are going to put a brand new mattress, brand new linen, brand new pillow so that Andrew can come to youth camp. And as a youth camp, we are all going to wear face masks so that Andrew won't have an, any opportunity to have an infection of any sort. You see, friend, at that youth camp, I met the Holy Spirit. At that youth camp, I learned about the Bible. At that youth camp, every young person was praying for me and believing for God. It was at that youth camp that something was a foundation in my life, solidified in my life, that there were people around me who actually cared. You need encouragement. You, you should never have to do life alone. In the in-between. You know, I wonder if the worship team could come and join me. You see, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to come and to touch your life. 
Before the end times, the good news must be told to all nations. Mark 13. Since even when you are arrested and put on trial, don't worry about you, what you will say. So whatever God tells you at that time, it is not really you speaking it. It will be the Holy Spirit. And you see, what he's trying to talk about in that little verse is, even in your hardest times, you don't have to fear. Because when you stand before the kings and, and those who are going to judge you, he says, just say what you say and know that the Holy Spirit is going to come out of you. You see, in my hardest times, I remember crying out to God in the, in the hospital room and saying, God, I don't know what's, what's happening. Why are you killing me, honestly? What have I done except for steal 50 cents and swear a mum? And now I'm dying. This little boy, 13 years old, crying out to God, probably for the first time ever. I said, God, I need, I, need a, I need a miracle. This is what I said to the Lord. I said, God, I'm the youngest of eight in my family. I said, God, I won't sleep around like my brothers. I won't drink like they do. God, if you were to heal me, I will go wherever you tell me to go. 13 years old, I said that. And I'll say whatever you ask me to say. God, if you were to touch me and to heal me, and I was so worried and so fearful. And I remember hearing a song about my Sunday school days. Don't despise Sunday school, friends. Because God can talk to kids in Sunday school. And that seed will not remain dormant, will not die. And I heard a song about a God who would open blind eyes and deaf people would hear. And I lifted my hands in that hospital room not even knowing what I was praying. And all of a sudden, I felt like a big warm blanket just fell on me. I never experienced the Holy Spirit before. Didn't know what had happened, but I just knew that something had shifted for me. And so, here is my journey. Now, traveling around the world in the last 10 years, seeing over 100,000 people come to church, just in Sunday service, averaging 229 salvations every weekend we're preaching. Seeing, I think, 57 people who have written into our office saying that they've walked out of a wheelchair, who, who weren't, weren't able to walk before that. Over 200 people who have written into our office who have said that they were terminal, who are now healed and alive. Who would have known that in the in-between, that God was working something inside of me so that a young preacher could stand before you and say, friends, this is the day that the Lord has made, that God wants to do something, a miracle inside of your life. Let's believe again. Let's believe that Jesus Christ can heal. Come on, somebody in the rock. Give Him some praise in this place because something is going to shift in your life today. I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it in my spirit that this is actually the day where cancer can fall, where they said that there wouldn't be no children in your life. It's simply not true. God is going to do a great miracle 
that signs and wonders, signs and wonders are going to flow into your life. Oh, come on, church, give Him some praise in this place. Give Him some praise. Do you believe? Do you believe? Is He real? Is He real? Come on, lift your hands. We give You praise today, Lord. Lord, we believe again. We believe again. Oh, God, we believe again. I'm prophesying when I say in this very church, there have been people who have been told you cannot have children. But it's a lie of the devil. Your children are coming. People here say you're going to have cancer for the rest of your life. It's not true. Parkinson's going to fall. Arthritis is falling. Anxiety, stress falling. Healing. Healing flowing. Lift your hands. Say, God, thank you for healing me right now. Thank you for your miracles. Isn't He good? Isn't He kind? Isn't His mercy new for us every single day? Hallelujah. I love you, church. We're just going to keep on going. Just going to keep on going. Why don't we just have a seat just for another just few minutes? Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.